We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, I thought it was interesting. There's been a a lot of little stories that we'll get into tonight that have happened since Monday night, since last we were on the mic. But uh, the first thing I wanted to get your take on is the rumor going around that was created by Tyler Columbus, who's, of course, former Denver Broncos offensive lineman, former CU offensive lineman, was at the fan. Then he went away because Derek Wolf wanted to play radio, and now he's at altitude. Said on Wednesday that Russell Wilson – is using Seattle Seahawks audibles, his calls, his checks at the at the line pre-snap, and it's confounding, confusing his offensive lineman. The implication here being Zach that Russell Wilson is so beleaguered and out of his mind, he's not he, he's calling out like old audibles, and no one knows what he's talking about. I don't know that I buy it. You know, I, I why would it come out now of all times? Why would it come out via Tyler Columbus and not uh, a more credible bona fide insider who knows the in and outs of the Broncos. I think Columbus was going a lot on. I'm sure he heard rumblings, but you can't verify those rumblings. There was an article in September that Tyler Lockett from the Seahawks uh, told his teammates, if you see this indication, it means this from Russell Wilson. He was playing off the hand signals that Russell Wilson used in Seattle. Um, But if the Broncos were winning games, Chad, would this story still come up? No. So, you know, it's it's only because they're losing and he's beleaguered right now that they're trying to pile on. I don't find much veracity into it. It's like the old offspring song, kick him while he's down. They, Russell Wilson continues to make himself an easy, easy target. And that's the truth. But Zach, um, what about the idea? I want to get to what Dalton Reisner said in response to this. He was asked directly uh, by Ryan Edwards of KOA Radio if there's any veracity to this. We'll get to that here in a minute. First things first, with this coming out right now, the timing of this this particular rumor, a lot of things have, you know, a lot of shades been thrown at Russ since things started going sideways for the Broncos. But if this were a bona fide leak, whether it's true or not, if it leaks from Broncos HQ, which look, 
it's been many years since Columbus was a Bronco, but you know, he's probably got some contacts in the building somewhere, somehow. I believe that anyway. Um, who would stand to benefit for this information to come out, whether it's true or not, who would stand to benefit? Maybe uh, I'll, I'll just throw a few names out here. Jerry Judy, things aren't looking so good. Maybe I let something slip. Uh, KJ Hamler trying to explain why my season's been underperforming. Cortland's maybe the head coach who's got a, probably going to have to be explaining to potential employers in the not too distant future, Zach, how he presided over the maybe most famous, I guess infamous is the right word, a torpedoing regression of a Pro Bowl quarterback of all time. Maybe I misunderstood the premise who leaked the thing to Columbus or who would benefit from the leak Both. coming out. Exactly. So the, the idea being that it's the same person. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who stands to benefit the most is Nathaniel Hackett because he can point the, point the finger and turn around and say, see, guys, it wasn't me. It was that quarter-billion-dollar quarterback that uh, is a long way from Seattle, and he's past his prime. And it's not me with my game planning and my play calls and me being in, in over my head as, a head as a head coach. I don't know that Hackett leaked it, though. I can't see him doing that, though, if we're looking for the source – Someone outspoken, and you mentioned two of the names already. Jerry Judy has never been one to hold his tongue with the Denver media, and K.J. Hamler showed a lot of frustration after the Colts game when Russell Wilson missed him in the end zone. So if it did leak out, I would find it hard, hard to believe the head coach, being a good guy that he is in Hackett, would do that, but he would benefit the most if that were to be true. Sam Bam jumping in with an early super chat. You know we appreciate that on a Thursday night, Sam. Thank you, big dog. A Mount Rushmore super chat superstar here at MHH. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Broncos country. Just hoping we get back in the win column this Sunday and have a good finish to the season. Go Broncos. Keep that optimism alive, Sam. There's uh, Being a, a glass half empty type of person, it's just a miserable existence. But, you know, you ask Nathaniel Hackett, Zach, and hey, someone's got to win this game. Why not us? I mean, you ready to run through a wall for this cat? Which is technically not true. If this was a playoff game, it'd be true, but they can tie. And I wouldn't be surprised, given the Broncos season, if they tie the freaking Raiders and don't end that streak that, that they have against them. But yeah, someone's someone should win this game. It might not be pretty, but if the Broncos are going to win, I think they stand a chance. I'm going to pull up this uh, Dalton Reisner response to the question of whether or not Russell Wilson is so befuddled in his uh, incompetence, you know, the, the, the implication here being, of course, uh, that he's using nonsensical uh, audibles at the line. Here's what Ryan Edwards reported of KOA Radio, one of the co-hosts of uh, Broncos Country Tonight, I believe, that Reisner told him directly, quote, I asked Dalton Reisner in the locker room, here, let me blow this up real quick. See if you guys can get that. About the report that Russell Wilson has been using Seahawks checks at the line, confusing the Broncos O-line. He said, that's BS. There hasn't been a single time he's made a check at the line that we didn't know what it was. Close quote. So, Zach, it's not a um, black and white, all or nothing refutation of the rumor because he could be Russell using Seahawks verbiage, right? At the at the line things he's used in the past, in other words, just like Peyton did at times in Denver. Um, 
but everybody knows what it means, right? They It might be a Seahawks call, but it's not like when it's used, these Broncos linemen are not educated or prized of the meaning thereof. This is kind of why I hate social media, because when the Columbus you know, rumor first uh, came out, everyone ran with it as fact. And just because Dalton Reisner came out and shot it down, they're running with that as fact as well. What else is he going to say? Is he going to come out and say, yeah, guys, Russell Wilson's out of his mind right now. He's crazy. He has no idea what he's doing. We don't know what's going on. He was never going to say that. Offensive linemen stick up for their quarterback. It's week 11 now. They're all in this together. So I expected nothing less from Reisner, though that's where what I just mentioned is what loses me from Columbus, which takes it from fact to editorializing, is the fact that he said he was so out of his mind or crazy, whatever wordage he used in that radio hit. It's one thing to say and report that Russ is using the same audibles or terminology calls, whatever that he used in Seattle. Some of that is to be expected, but to say he's losing it out there and he's going crazy on that seems like you have a push personal agenda to push and an mm. ax to grind. And that's where it loses me in terms of credibility. Well, he does have a name to make for himself, right? Columbus in his new radio home. And I'm not saying this. I honestly think he's been a really good uh, radio analyst. The times I've listened to his show on the fan, I thought, I've always thought his his commentary has been uh, uh, worthy of listening as an analyst. Okay, but it's kind of that same principle, Zach, as we see people in uh, on Twitter as just just one example. Even people within our kind of Bronco land media slash blogosphere, the strategy being I'm going to get on Twitter and just like going start going at people. Right. Just start like casting aspersions, attacking this person, attacking that person for the attention, the idea being it's going to bump my followers. It's going to make my star burn brighter. Now, that's a mandate as as you and I learned some things about the radio, right? Certain things that they want you to do, certain things that... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed that play well with that kind of an audience. One of those things being Zach that, Hey, you know, now I'm over here. I'm no longer on the big mega radio dominant uh, channel of one Oh four, three, the fan I'm over at altitude. I'm going to try and, you know, stir things up and maybe be a little bit more sensational than it's just kind of like how we might do to juice a headline a little bit. <laughs> That's an insider secret that uh, not a lot of people know, but um, yeah, I mean, there's maybe some tr truth to it, but to say he's going crazy seems like, like you said, you're trying to make a name for yourself. You're trying to uh, push an agenda that you have and pile on someone when he's down. But as I put on Twitter today, if this rumor is true, major, major, if 
to me, it's way more of an indictment on Hackett than it is Russell Wilson because Hackett consistently has shown a reluctance to being that commanding voice in the room, that alpha coach in the building. He's deferred to everyone else around him, Chad. He bent his knee to Melvin Gordon. He hired a coach to coach the coaches in John Vieira. He hired Jerry Rosberg to help him with the play clock. It seems like he takes his input from everyone else. The Broncos don't need an enabler at head coach. They need a leader. And Hackett is not that. Howie jumping in with some big boy stars on Facebook. In the freaking house is Howie freaking day. Thank you, big dog. Listen, he says, guys, I can't watch this offense anymore. It's become as exciting as a commercial timeout. When will our Broncos become relevant again? Yeah, it's this, it's the same thing that we've been lamenting, Zach, for many years now. Is it's bad, it's bad enough to be bad. It's, it's bad enough to be boring. But when you combine those two things, golly, it sure makes for a miserable existence um, or a miserable experience, I should say, for fans. Howie, all I can tell you is that I'm with you. It sucks. It's not fun. You know, you start fantasizing and reminiscing about those good old Trevor Simeon days of 2016. I'm kidding, right? You, you start thinking about the Manning Broncos. You even start thinking about the Tebow Broncos where that offense might have sucked. But guess what? They dominated people on the ground. And when the chips were down, Tebow always found a way, right? And and that was exciting in and of itself. That gave you compelling reason to tune in and watch or go to the stadium and be there to cheer. You can't really say that right now. It's a crap show, guys. It's a crap show. That's why everyone's coming out from under every witch rock to uh, shoot arrows at Russell Wilson, at Nathaniel Hackett. Unfortunately, Zach, they're deserving of it. And the only way, the only way to quiet the noise is to turn the ship around. But I just don't think they got the horses for that. The, the, look, you've got a coaching staff and you've got players, all right? This coaching staff is not the right coaching staff for Russell Wilson. Let's just face it, which means it goes back to that that uh, maxim I like to use that I, I was taught. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. It's not the only predictor because sometimes things change, but it's the best. Yeah, you know, I tried the optimism route for the first like eight months of this year after the Broncos hired Hackett, acquired Russ. I was all in, man. I thought this would finally be the season. They would be relevant again. They would have a winning record again. They would make the playoffs again. A far-reaching dream considering the last five years. And sure enough, it's November 17th. We're sitting here on yet another podcast talking about the three and six Broncos whose season is going down the tube. So I'm right back to my natural roots. And by that, I mean the pit of misery and the <laughs> sunken place shed. And just because yeah. misery loves company, let me just rattle off some numbers to you about how bad this Broncos offense really is under Hackett and Wilson. They're averaging 14.6 points per game. That's dead last in the NFL. We all know that they're fewest through nine games since 1966 it gets worse okay to put this into perspective the broncos averaged 20.2 points per game when paxton lynch started from 2016 to 2017 they averaged 19.7 points per game last year with uh Shermer, teddy and drew lock just when you think it can't get worse it gets monumentally worse that's, that's where we are and that's why frankly these kind of stories ha have been uh, a weekly affair, right? Some version of Russell Wilson getting pilloried because it's that bad. Again, it'd be one thing for Russell Wilson. I mean, we've seen the the couple of years that 
the Seahawks didn't make the playoffs with Russ. And even a couple of the times that they did, the seasons they did, they would hit rough patches or they wouldn't start out so good. And, you know, even in those cases, Zach, like let's say the one of the two seasons he didn't make it, uh, the, the Seahawks didn't make the, the playoffs as with Russ at quarterback. You know what? You take that version of Russ, you bring him to, to the Denver Broncos, and maybe similarly he plays okay, but the team just, you know, they lose a couple of tight games and they don't do so well. Hey, you charge it to the game. You move on. You start. Uh, you you don't make a mountain out of a molehill, even as bad as it's been in Denver. But the but, I guess I'm not doing a very good job of explaining this. But what I'm what I'm getting at, Zach, is Russell Wilson hasn't just come here and failed to meet expectations. Okay, he has massively shot. Bel- bel- I mean, you can't go any lower in terms of failing to meet the expectation. Like there's nobody on the planet Earth that foresaw Russell Wilson, a guy who's been to nine Pro Bowls in 10 seasons, now he's in his 11th season, looking like a rookie just because he's wearing different team colors. Nobody expected that. Like, it doesn't happen. So it's going to, you know, the he's going to continue to be that easy target, Zach, until someone there figures things out. And unfortunately, it might not come till next season. Shout out to Phil. Thank you, big dog. Appreciate you. Yeah, um, I just looked up. I wanted to confirm this number because I want to make this point. If Russell Wilson was being paid Brett Rippon's salary, which was $965,000, he'd still be underperforming. The fact that he's getting, what did it come out to, Chad? 40, 45, 48, 47, whatever a year for Russell Wilson on his $245 million contract. I mean, yeah, you're right. Any expectation, even the the lowest, most conservative prediction for Russell Wilson, he is just bottoming out from that. And, I don't think it's all him, though. I mean, we talk about it all the time. When you have a line that can't block or receivers that can't get open, an OC that can't call plays to save his life or game plan beyond the first quarter, it's going to happen. But when you're that guy you think you are, when you call yourself Mr. Unlimited, when you've already reached the football mountaintop and you want to be compared with the likes of Peyton Manning and John Elway in, in Broncos history at least, you got to step up your game regardless. You have to be better as much as you can be. And Russell Wilson consistently, almost from week one, has not been that. Here is where 49. he stands amongst the titans of the quarterback position. Okay, Aaron Rodgers leading the way with an average per year of $50 million. $50 million. Russell Wilson's new average, $49 million. Rodgers is the only quarterback in the NFL making more on an APY basis than your boy Russell Wilson. That's then followed by Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray of the Cardinals, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, Patrick Mahomes. Remember that half a billion dollar contract? That's going to be chump change by the time my uh, one year old son is, you know, six, five years from now. It's going to be chump change. Uh, Josh Allen, forty three million per year. Derek Carr, forty million. Matt Stafford, forty. Dak Prescott 40 thus ends the 40 million and above club of quarterbacks on an APY average per year basis Zach so that really does again this puts into perspective why why the hate is so strong right now for Russ you're literally name a worse starting quarterback this year look at the metrics forget the tape for just a minute just look at the metrics just look at the stats just look at the win column all those things and you're the the second highest paid Q in the in the game You know, by no means am I a Kansas City fan, but I think that uh, Mahomes' contract already is a steal 
for Kansas City. It's, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. He's making 45 a year based on how it was structured. The Broncos are paying $4 million more a year for Russell Wilson to be to average two touchdowns a game, barely. I, I mean, again, dilly-dilly. That's where we are. Pit of misery. Indeed. George Fox, thanks for jumping in, Big Dog. He says, with the way Russ is playing, he's keeping himself out of the possibility that he ever gets into the Hall of Fame. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Appreciate that, George. Um, he's not eliminating it. There's a really strong argument for his 10 years in Seattle, standing on its own uh, volition, so to speak, on its own merit, I think is, is the better word. Uh, Chris, good to see you, big dog. Appreciate you. Another Mount Rushmore superstar here, Zach. You know, it's it's weird to have this conversation considering how poor he's played this year, but let's look at Russell Wilson's Hall of Fame potential resume. If Mike Shanahan can't get in, Randy Gratishar, Mecklenburg, Dan Reeves, all people who have fairly decent relationships with the media and good reputations they've upheld, how is Russell Wilson ever going to get in? He can't even make a Subway commercial without the, the hammer being dropped on him. I mean, a lot of it is credibility. It's the people think of you socially, how you're perceived publicly. And Russell Wilson is persona non grata in the NFL. So looking down the line, unless he pulls a couple playoff wins out of his hat in Denver, I don't think he'll get in. I think he might be the hall of very good. There's that argument to be made of recency bias, right? Whatever is the last thing people know you for, that's kind of what you end up being, or the last thing you did, that's kind of the last thing you're remembered for. It's one of the reasons amongst many that Peyton Manning was an automatic shoe in, had a phenomenal hall of fame career and then polished it off with a, ring said adios so i'm not saying uh you're wrong i'm not saying that this is it this is ruining his hall of fame that it isn't ruining his hall of fame resume or his hall of fame bid one day but yeah it's uh definitely definitely not helping drew love good to see you brother appreciate you zach it's uh thursday night we're gonna go through of our head-to-heads um take a quick look at where things stand with the raiders there is still football game to be played this week someone's got to win the dang thing according to coach Hackett but I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on this for people who may have missed it Aaron Patrick yes the legendary special teams rush linebacker of your Denver Broncos who suffered a season-ending ACL injury he's suing over that Zach and uh, I think some people might be confused on who he's suing why he's suing but everyone break break this down (laughs) He's literally suing everyone. TMZ had the story on Tuesday, as I wrote there. Um, What we know, though, in the lawsuit, it's against the NFL, the Chargers, ESPN, I believe SoFi Stadium, where the game was played on October 17th, and even the company who made the mats that Aaron Patrick stepped on and twisted his knee on and tore his ACL on. So he's uh, gunning for lost bonuses, future earning potential. He obviously is going to miss the rest of the season. And he's only making, it's at the bottom of the story. I think he's making less than a million dollars a year, or at least for this season before. I think half a million and it jumps up to 900,000 next year, but he's, yeah, he's going for it all. Not the Broncos. He doesn't have a, a suit against them. It's pretty much everyone who was responsible for that fluke type of injury. Yeah. This, this is a guy who believes his NFL career, uh, as tenuous as it already was as a bubble guy slash special teams, dude, this is a guy saying it's over. So I'm going to try and make something out of it. Like I'm probably never cracking back into the league. So 
hey, go down swinging with a haymaker. That's what's going on uh, with the with the Aaron Patrick lawsuit. Zach, on the same front, a few roster moves that have taken place this week. You've had the stories for us at milehighhuddle.com. I can pull up uh, the most recent one, but tell us about this uh, Victor Bolden. Yeah, new uh, receiver who's more of a kick returner. He's like 5'8", 170 pounds. So you could play him at receiver, though. Uh, I don't know what you do with him. He's kind of like Muggsy Bogues in the NFL, but he's very fast. He's a shifty returner who uh, impressed the Cardinals uh, with whom he spent training camp. Uh, He was the, as I write, the USFL with the Birmingham Stallions. He won the MVP of the championship game this past spring. Um, he averaged, as you can see there, 24.7, 23.2, and 20.8 kick return yards per game with the Stallions, Bills, and 49ers. To me, this is not insurance for K.J. Hamler or Jerry Judy. This is a direct message to Montreal, Washington, who is the point man of the last-ranked kick return unit in the NFL and a guy who's drawn the constant ire of Dwayne Stukes, the Broncos special teams coordinator. Even Stukes talked about Washington today and said he's uh, pressing too much. He's putting too much pressure on himself, though he's the most electric man. That's why we have him back there. Uh, It was brought up, though, a little quick aside. This was dominating Broncos Twitter today. I think it was DMAC, good old DMAC, who said PS2 should be on punt returns. I think the hell not. In in Dmac's defense, okay, he said, "Have you thought about putting someone else back there?" And Stukes, you could tell right away that got under his skin, right? Uh, Scott might be able to find us the clip, and you can see, and I won't have to paraphrase, but he goes, "Oh, you got uh, who 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 do you want back there, Dmac?" And he just throws out there, and you could tell kind of tone from his tonality, he's just like, "Good player that comes to mind first, Patrick Sertan, and then Zach, yeah." Stukes mops the floor with him. I just, yeah, it's an injury riddled season. Let's expose the Broncos cornerstone player to unnecessary injury. It's like I would have anyone back there, but PS2 it's protect Sertan at all costs going forward. Yep. Yep. I do like, uh, I like Stukes kind of uh, sassiness. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't suffer fools. And sometimes he says things that, Maybe he shouldn't, and maybe he sh- also as a coach and a coordinator of an NFL team, he shouldn't take the bait to things like that. He shouldn't allow uh, questions like that to throw him off his game and kind of rise above. Like if I'm sure he was talked to, to be honest with you, by his whether it was his head coach or someone in the PR department. Hey, this is a teachable moment, Dwayne. Don't don't fall prey to the bait. I still like him, dude. I, I it's not coming out in the wash, but let's face it. This year's special teams is not the crap show that it's been the past few years with the big impact plays that affect games, you know, crucial clutch moments. We're not seeing that. Now, we're not seeing it be like some saving grace. We're not seeing Montreal, Washington outside of a few timely returns early this season. You know, we're not really seeing him make a big difference. McManus has had an average kind of McManus season. If there's an indictment on Stukes, Zach, it, it's the decision to move on from Sam Martin for Corliss Waitman because Corliss Waitman has been below average as a punter. Yeah, and even he said, uh, Stukes, that Waitman's performance against um, 
God, who they who they Tennessee. Titans? I forgot already who they played. It's all melding together. It was uh, one of the worst he's seen, and it really was. I think he averaged in the 30s somewhere in uh, net punting average. I do like Stukes telling it like it is, and I think he is the right guy for the job. Remember, he's still in his first year. He's not some 10-year veteran. He's he was given a fresh slate, and he was asked to take over a special teams unit that was really really bad under predecessor Tom McMahon. I think it's more of a personnel thing. Like always, I mean, even you mentioned McManus, he's taken a step back. The players, I don't think, are good enough on that side of the ball. And also the injuries have really hurt who can be effective for Stukes, namely Tyree Cleveland and uh, Aaron Patrick. Indeed. Let's get to some head-to-head comparisons here. The Denver Broncos hosting the Las Vegas Raiders this Sunday. Someone's got to win the Dakum thing. Uh, Howie says, Hackett looks bad. However, Russ looks worse. He looks like a fourth-round rookie, missing wide-open, mid-range, check-down plays right in front of his face in multiple games. Yeah, it's not been good, dude. It's not been good. Early on, he, you know, my my misgivings were assuaged, Zach, because he would come up with that play when you needed it, that drive uh, against the Texans and the Niners. And then since that game, outside of Jacksonville, like the Broncos have been in every game in the fourth quarter. And you keep waiting for him to pull it out, pull that rabbit out, pull the rabbit out of the hat. And he, he can't do it. Something is off with this uh, operation. And um, I just don't think Hackett is much longer for the head coaching ranks. But, Zach, let's do – let's start our head-to-head here, okay? Uh, those who have been with us a long time, you understand the green means top 10 ranking statistically. Red means bottom 10. If it's black, hey, somewhere in between. Your Broncos, third place in the AFC West, three and six. Raiders, two and seven. Look at the turnover margin. That's actually not terrible for this deep into the season. Like Russell Wilson, Zach, he's been a lot more loosey-goosey with the ball than he is traditionally. More turnovers and more turnover-worthy plays. Uh, and the off or the defense hasn't been that great at forcing takeaways. So it's actually somewhat surprising, Zach, to see Denver this deep into the season at 3-6 and six with a zero turnover margin. That means they've given it away as many times as they've taken it. You know, I was thinking about what you were saying a minute ago about the fourth quarter of the Broncos offense. This is neither here nor there to the turnover margin, but yeah, yeah. It, it makes it even worse when you have a defense that's number one in the NFL that's constantly getting the ball back for you in the fourth quarter and keeping you in the game, and the Broncos offense just squanders it week in and week out. It's pathetic. It is. It is. Uh, the Denver Broncos, they are the 22nd-ranked offense in net yards per game, while the Raiders are 17th. Uh, let's see. Green, let's just focus on some whatever positives the Broncos have. They only have six picks. That's tied for the seventh fewest in the in the league. Meanwhile, the Raiders have five, tied for fifth fewest. Broncos have only lost four fumbles. Uh, that's tied for the ninth fewest. And the Raiders, guess what? They've only lost two. That's They're, they're tied for the fewest fumbles lost. And then total giveaways, the Broncos are eighth fewest with 10. Raiders seventh fewest other than that Zach I mean we can look at a Raiders offense that is quite obviously middle of the pack this is a middle of the pack offense with probably the potential to be better if they didn't have uh, two impact skill players unavailable to them but look at all this ugly red on Denver side yards per play they're 26 points per game 14.6 dead last dead last in the league rushing they're 25th uh, worst rushing offense. 
Sacks allowed 30. And look, it's not all the offensive line's fault, gang. I know they've suffered from some bad personnel losses, and that eventually comes home to roost. But Russell Wilson is inviting. I would say Russell Wilson is complicit in half of those sacks. Third down percentage, Zach, only one team is worse than the Denver Broncos. And in the red zone, they're dead last as well. To your point, I'd give anything for a middling offense right now, middle of the pack offense, not one that's averaging like Pop Warner numbers. I look yeah, at the look Raiders, what it gets though. you. Look at what it gets you, middle of the pack, Zach. Twenty two point six points per game. You're you're eight and one at least. Exactly. Yeah, I would take that in a heartbeat. And I'm having deja vu because when we did the head to head for the first Raiders matchup. Um, I said to myself, how are they 20 whatever in rushing per game when you have Josh Jacobs who owns the Broncos? So that's a little surprising there, but middle of the pack offense, and it's it's pretty much a best case scenario when you're led by, and I put that in quotes, Josh McDaniels, how disastrous he is. But look at that. 31st and third down, 32nd in the in the red zone, 32nd in scoring. It's just bad. It's capital B bad with an exclamation point. Defensively, the Broncos. Saving grace, of course, once again. They're second in yards per game. They're first in yards per play, and they're the number one scoring defense. So technically, this is the number one defense in the NFL. They're allowing the Broncos just 16.6 points per game. They're three and six because the offense is only scoring 14.6 for crying out loud. Um, Passing is really where they're shining, shutting down the pass. And that's saying something, Zach. That's That's kudos to... Ajiro Evero, because think about this. How long have they been without Ronald Darby? Half the season. Before that, while he was still healthy, they were leaning a lot on the rookie, Damari Mathis. Uh, Justin Simmons has missed half the season when you factor uh, the four games he missed um, following week one uh, and the last game he missed. He's missed more than half the season, and yet they're still, Zach, first against the pass. Plus, they haven't had... Randy Gregory for a month and a half nearly now. Bradley Chubb's gone. You know, that that kind of goes hand in hand, pass rush and uh, shutting down the pass as far as coverage is concerned. So how impressive is it to you to see a number one overall passing ranking considering the uh, the way things have broken for Denver? What's impressive is this Aaron Rodgers touchdown. Looks like the Packers are coming back to life at the uh, second half of the season, but that's neither here nor there. Also, uh, PS2 was hurt for a game earlier this year. They're now without K1 Williams, who has a elbow, whatever it is, some sort of arm injury, or is it a? I can't remember what it was. Lower body well, or arm? He, he had that cast, uh, so he had an elbow, wrist for so the entire season, and then his knee. Knee, he had okay. a knee thing. Yeah, I mean, with all of the, you know, going a little bit away from the Vic Fangio scheme, keeping some elements into it, but also imprinting your own culture into that defense and coming out with all the injuries and all the dreck going on with the Broncos offense, being on the field constantly, being put in bad field position constantly. You're a first-time coordinator. Look at all that green. Look at all that first, 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 second. I could not be more impressed with Ajiro Evero. And the most impressive thing about him, Chad, was my biggest criticism criticism under Fangio is that players are genuinely getting better under his tutelage. They're progressing, not regressing under Evero's tutelage. I would write him a blank check if I'm Rob Walton to stick around beyond the season. This is another example too, Zach, of if you can't make hay against the Raiders defense, look, you're down and out as an offense. You, you hope that the Jags game was your get-right game. Well, it turns out you're bad enough that there is no getting right. But if you can't find a way to make hay against the worst-ranked red zone defense, 
28th ranked yards defense and scoring their 28th worst defense in the NFL. Look at this. Then, you know what? Hand in your clipboard, Coach Hackett. Call it a career in Denver and just resign. You know, I, I say this in a uh, little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I'm serious. If you can't figure out a way to emerge victorious with a $49 million per year quarterback, most of your weapons still intact against this defense – then you really are in over your head. And uh, this is what could honestly, I mean, look at this, guys. This is why people are saying if you lose at home to the Raiders, Hackett could be gone. Yeah, I'm just thinking all the injuries. There's so many. It's it's tough to uh, lose track of some of the players. But just go back to the previous point. Evero was was without Josie Jewell for a little bit as well. Caden Stearns has been out, Chad. I mean, everyone. Baron Browning has been out as well. Everyone from the front line to the linebacking core to the secondary has been dinged up, and Evero just keeps going and gets better. So. To your point, you're 100% correct. If there's one game where you think the Broncos offense could break out, it's against this Raiders defense that's barely there. They have Max Crosby, maybe Chandler Jones if he shows up, Chad, but it's nothing else beyond that. So if they can't move the ball, if they score 10 points again, I'm firing Nathaniel Hackett after the game. There's no point in waiting. Rip that freaking Band-Aid off. No doubt. I'm just looking at some of these press box totals here. Crosby, seven sacks this year, Zach. How many of those are were against the Broncos? I'm trying to remember. He had at least two sacks against the Broncos in their first matchup for, for what it's worth. And then we look up here at passing yards. I mean, Russ did miss one game, but uh, 1980, Carr, 2,128. Your number one rusher is Melvin Gordon, nine games in with 287 yards like but, you know, why should fans be surprised by that, Zach, when on the road against a tough, tough Titans defense, you go, you throw the ball eight out of your first 10 passes or plays from scrimmage, which were scripted. So it's not like, oh, this is flow of the game. This is what it dictated. We opted. No, no, no. They went into that game hell bent to throw and uh, turned them, rendered themselves one dimensional. Wero says, and thank you, buddy. I struggle to grasp how we have more weapons now than ever before and still the worst offense we've had in six years. All they have to do is be decent, Zach. We've been saying that for six years, and I've been saying that specifically they don't need to be nice, but they don't need a Pro Bowl quarterback. They don't need an All-Pro Hall of Famer. Again, it would be nice and a luxury. All they ever needed considering year after year after year they've had an elite dominating defense. It's just average play under center. That's it. What the Raiders have brought to the table this season is all the Broncos have needed. And like you said perfectly, if they got 22 points a game, even 19 points a game, take a field goal off of that, they would be at least, at least 7-2 and two right now. That's the sad part. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, DLP in the house. Good to see you, brother. Thank you. One of our bona fide superstars in the house we got to hang out with him at the meet and greet just a, a month and a half or so back he says good evening chad zach and scott sorry i'm missing some shows just old and not enthused about what's happening with our broncos still love the broncos and broncos country hey it's all good gary seriously it's all good we love hearing from you when you are able to uh, make it into one of the chats but uh, we understand being uh, disenthused right now disincentivized in terms of being invested in the team. We get it. We see it. We understand. We're just happy to have you when we can. Thanks, GLP. 
Yeah, and this is the prevailing feeling I'm gathering from Broncos country. It's not hate or anger or frustration anymore. It's pure apathy. It's indifference to the team. And that's where it's going to hurt the most if you're Nathaniel Hackett or maybe even George Payton, though I think he's safe. Apathy. Fans not showing up on Sunday, you know, booing their home team off the field. Ownership will not stand for that. That's going to hurt them in their pockets, and that's the one place they don't like being hurt. No doubt about it. By the way, uh, guess what? This time he's going against Quinn Bailey, Max Crosby in the first matchup, two sacks. I hope Tom Thompson can play for a loss. Bailey's a disaster. Which it's possible, right? It's word on the street from Hackett is it's possible. We'll see. On Compton. Yeah, because Billy Turner is Billy Turner. You know, he showed up for a few games, then hurt his knee again, and back on IR he goes. Um, Ajiro Evero, Mike, good to see you, buddy. He says, Ajiro Evero getting head coaching talk. Says focuses on the Raiders. I don't think he's getting head coaching talk outside of Denver, like just people around Denver. Have you heard anyone outside of Denver mention it? Because if so, I just, I'm unaware. I've seen a few lists. I think it was Tom Pelissero put out one today, an article where he named Evero among, you know, rising coaching candidates. And how could you ignore him at this point? I mean, he's leading the number one defense in the NFL. And again, it makes it more impressive when you consider how bad the Broncos offense has been. It says something, Chad, when the Broncos have a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate in PS2 and a potential future head coach on the roster in Ajiro Evero. And I love what he said. He goes, it's humbling, it's flattering, but I'm focused on the job at hand. The story's not over yet for us. He's a humble guy, but he's a talented, skilled guy. He could be a head coach in the NFL, though. Selfishly, I don't want him leaving Denver. And it's tough because, and by the way, Todd, good to see you, big dog. Appreciate you being with us, as always, and contributing to the conversation in the chat. Um, It's tough because if the Broncos can, Nathaniel Hackett, then they're going to turn probably to Ajiro Evero as an interim. And they go way back. You know, they go way back as bros. That'll be that'll that'll put Ajiro Evero in a pretty tough spot if that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want to take his focus away from defense, but if you perform at this level in the NFL consistently, if you show you have what it takes, you're going to get calls. People will notice you beyond uh, too long. Well, guys, Look, we love talking with you. We love it. If you got any burning topics, questions, get it in the chat. Otherwise, we're going to wind it down uh, for today. But, Zach, as I put in a last call for comments, questions, what's your vibe on this game? You can save a score or whatever for the Mile High Roundtable tomorrow, but what's your what's your overall feeling on this one? Oh. It's like train wreck meets train wreck. Both teams are in a spiral right now. Both head coaches look like they're on this significant hot seat. I don't know which Broncos team is going to show up. You know, I mean, it doesn't really matter home, away, London. You never know on any given basis. Jekyll or Hyde, who you're going to get. Though I, I don't know why I have a semi-good feeling about this game. There's only a couple defenses left on the schedule or opponents left on the schedule where Russell Wilson could get right against that's Carolina and that's Vegas on Sunday, the Broncos next two opponents. So if they give him time in the pocket, which is a big if, and he doesn't hold on to the ball too long, because you know what? You are spot on with that assessment about the Broncos O-line, the sacks they've allowed. One thing that jumped out to me when I watched tape of the Titans game is how long, 
Russell Wilson, hold on to that football. I mean, it's like five Mississippi, six Mississippi. So I don't blame it all on the O-line. But if they can finally all grow a collective bream, they give him time, he finds the open receiver, they have the right play call, I think the Broncos could gut one out. It won't be 40 nothing by any means. That ship has sailed for the Broncos this year. But I could definitely see like a, a 19-14 type of victory for Denver. And think about this, because it's Raiders, Panthers, right? Is our is the next two frames. If you win them both, all of a sudden you're five and six. What did we say coming out of the bye? What's the margin for error? Two games. You can kind of afford to lose two more. Three, maybe nine and eight, right? It, it, if you if you ended up losing three more after the bye. Two, you could probably afford to lose and still be in the in the wild card conversation at the end. That would put them on track if they can get two. Even against subpar opponents, the confidence boost. I'm throwing this out there, guys, not to try and get your hopes up, okay? But just in the sense that stranger things have happened, try and keep your chin up. Maybe they'll surprise everybody and get you a win against the Raiders and snap. This is even more ignominious to me, Zach. Look, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, okay? No one was more hated than the Raiders. Raider week had meaning. It hasn't had meaning for a couple of years because they've owned the Denver Broncos. If they lose this game, Zach, it'll mark the third consecutive season the Raiders have swept the Broncos. Last win over the Raiders was Drew Locke's rookie year, the last game of the season. That's how slim the pickings have been against the Raiders. So, you know what? I'll, I'll give Hackett a one-week pass if he can snap that ignominious streak. Jeremy says Hackett looks defeated, though. That energy he brought preseason melted under pressure, and that trickles down, Zach. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? We're just trying to win a damn game. I'm, I'm channeling Jim Moore as best I could because the Broncos have no business being in the playoffs, quite frankly, with how they've been playing. I, I know Hope is not dead yet, but based on how they've performed – they dropped too many of the games they should have won. And because of that, they don't own the tiebreaker over any AFC team pretty much. So nine and eight won't do it. It would have to be 10 and seven. And you had to beat the teams in, in front of you that you're supposed to beat. that Titans game was winnable that they, the Jets game, the Colts game go down the list, but they didn't get it done. So it's a one week audition at a time. My focus though is already on 2023, what players are going to be around, what, which players aren't, which coaches would be around. If they win this game, great. I don't necessarily think it's going to transpire to a playoff berth, but it can give the Broncos some momentum heading into next season. It's all about Russell Wilson from here on out. Look, I've been piss poor, pardon my French, at picking Bronco games this year. This hasn't been my year. My, my beat on each and every game has just not been very good. I want to believe the Broncos will win this game, but it's been so bad, it's hard to believe it, even against a 2-7 and seven reeling opponent like the Raiders. But we'll see how it shakes out. Zach, if you want to get started on a rundown. Yeah, the key to the game is Josh Jacobs. He owns – if you shut him down and make Derek Carr beat you with Devontae Adams and nobody else – Adams has an ab injury, by the way – They'll have a good chance, but it comes down to offense once again, Chad. Same story every single Thursday we do these head-to-heads and predictions. It's the offense. Will they come to life, or are they going to fail to score You know, more than 10 points in a game? We'll find out Sunday. But that was the Mile High Huddle podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod, uh, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL. 
and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking right now, go to huddleuppod.com and get your merch on. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And Facebook.com, be sure you're following and liking that page as well, Mile I Huddle Pod. If you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But if anything, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen. Austin jumping in late with a super. says, people believe when everyone comes back, it'll be different and a new coach. But remember, these hurt players need to recover from their injuries. Yep. Yep. But that's also part of the equation you're missing. You get those players back, it could be a different story. But that's so far down the road. Appreciate you being with us tonight, though, Austin, and thank you for that super chat. We're signing off. Uh, keep your chin up, gang. We're still going to be here chopping wood. We're going to be doing our thing on a daily at MHH. We love each and every one of you that join us here for these podcasts, these live stream conversations, these dialectics where we all talk about these issues together. Call it commiserate, whatever. We're we're leaning on each other. Everybody in, in tough times needs a skeleton or two to lean on, and that's what we do. Uh, for each other. So appreciate each and every one of you. Keep your chin up and Zach and I will see you again for the gut reaction. Have a great weekend guys. Take care. And as always go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.